Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to me and to you. Anyway, I hope I'm able to find my groove here, getting episodes out once a week. That should be doable. That shouldn't be asking too much. Um, Once again, if you have content ideas, obviously, please send them my way, and I will do my best to cover them and get other people to help cover them as well. Uh, Today's episode, I promised I'd be talking about the time I was on a ridiculousness episode, and it's likely you already saw the clip that was on there, so that's what I'm using to promote this episode. Uh, We're just going to give kind of a fun overview of that. Me and my buddy Devin, who was heavily involved in the concoction of that video, and I just wanted to bring him on to kind of have a walk down memory lane, kind of how that all played out and everything, and the crazy shenanigans that we've had just kind of living together. Uh, Devin, I asked Devin, I was like, hey man, come up with some memories, like if you want, and so he's like, yeah, for sure. So we talked a little bit about kind of the things that we've done or that we did together when we lived together in the BYU days out in Provo, and um, it was just a fun time. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, it was a f- just kind of funny how that happened, but uh, so before we get into that, I'll just kind of give a little bit of an overview of the things going on for the past week, just kind of a little bit, tidbit of thoughts here and there, then Devin will come on, we'll talk about that, and then I am going to end with a little bit of my own personal anecdote of my favorite scene in The Chosen. I'm going to kind of want to start kind of leaning into some insights and things like that, things that strike me in different ways to kind of end every episode. Hopefully I kind of remember that's the format that I want to do. And I'm going to start that moving forward today. Hope you all enjoy it, and we'll see you on the other side. Mormons are really nice people. Totally nice. They are the best cult. Have you ever, under the influence of alcohol, questioned the teachings of the Mormon church? Well, these Mormons are so nice. Everybody's so nice. Everybody's so nice in Utah. They're all Mormon, right? Yeah. So they're not most drinking. Of it, most of it. And they're like not cussing. They're like, Slovis, you stink. <laughs> I'm afraid it was the Mormons. Yes, yes the, Mormons the Mormons were the correct answer. Because oh. God loves Mormons and he wants some more. Shout out to the Latter day Saints. So, segment one coming at you. Kind of the relevant news, I guess, and things that kind of cross my mind, and I'm just kind of thinking about. Uh, big news on in the Twitter world is that Elon Musk decided to just up and buy it, coming in hot. And at first it looked like it wasn't going to go through, and then somehow I guess he was able to pull it off. The board thought, hey, this is probably a better outcome than, than the alternative, which is just keeping it and trying to get the stock prices higher year in and year out. I don't know. And they just kind of figured that writing was on the wall, that they weren't going to be able to pull that off, and it was better for... All the shareholders at the time, anybody that owned stock and Twitter, things like that. And from what I understand, the offering that he made was, I mean, it was about like 5 to $10 per share higher than what the stock had been at. And there's some sort of, uh, I don't know if it's a law, but it's something along the lines that they have to sell if it's in the best interest of the shareholders. So I don't know if that's what was part of it or not, but anyway, regardless, it's interesting because Elon Musk has obviously been kind of labeled as, um, I would definitely not far right. I would never, ever say far right. I wouldn't even say he's necessarily on the right. I think he's just kind of more kind of the libertarian type is the vibe I get. He likes less government. He He's a huge proponent of free speech, which is kind of his point. It seems like a weird move. I don't know why someone as innovative as he is would care about kind of like a communication medium i don't even know how twitter stacks up in the grand scheme like i don't know if it's like as as uh i think facebook has more users 
but for some reason we cite Twitter as kind of like the ultimate news source and the buzz and which does make sense. I mean, it is news in real time. Like whenever I'm wanting to know more about things kind of what, as it's unfolding, Twitter seems to be the best place to go for that. But it seems like a weird move for somebody like him that is in the like innovative tech space to buy something that has been in existence for a while. I don't know. Maybe he's trying to make it better. He's obviously come out and said like, he's going to, yeah, he's kind of joked about making it an edit button, which seems like it would definitely happen. And, probably pretty pretty easy to do i don't know why twitter hasn't had it to this point and then the other thing was that he was gonna like allow a lot more free speech not do shadow banning or any type of banning or i don't know i'd imagine there is a type of banning that will go on because i don't know how you you know would rationalize something like child pornography to be on that medium but um it's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds and what what happens moving forward it is kind of funny to see a lot of people on the liberal side of the aisle a lot of people not all of them but a lot of them kind of freak out because they're like oh yeah we got this hardcore guy on the right that is wanting to now control the the medium of twitter and blah 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 and a bunch of people canceling their twitter accounts and it's like well i mean the narrative for a while has been that there's been shadow banning which means you don't know that you your, your tweets aren't seen by the majority of the people out there in Twitter as like on on a normal basis just like if your tweet got enough likes and retweets and things like that it would just appear on people's timeline naturally because it just seemed like something that maybe it be of interest shadow banning is when they don't allow that algorithm to really take place on your end so you don't even know what your reach is or how limited you are in that sense so it was kind of interesting, and apparently there's a lot of shadow banning going on, especially especially among conser- conservatives, and a lot of conservatives getting banned for random things and things like that. I'm sure it happened on both sides. I don't really know the details, but anyway, so that was big news for Twitter, obviously. But then the other thing that I wanted to talk about was BYU news, is that Zach Wilson is kind of on the hot seat right now among BYU fans because there was a video of him golfing with some buddies. I don't know the context necessarily. But somebody was kind of making taking a shot at Joseph Smith. I don't know if it was the person behind the camera. It was somebody that was behind the camera while Zach Wilson was teeing up. And they took a shot at Joseph Smith. I think they made some sort of, I, I can't remember. It was some sort of derogatory remark. And what Zach Wilson had done was essentially doubled down on that derogatory remark and said some very, very crass curse words in the context of Joseph Smith, polygamy, things like that, and how... Essentially, he had game because of it or whatever. I don't know exactly how you want to translate that, and I definitely don't want to play that here. With that said, um, it was not a good look, but I also wasn't surprised. You know, Zach Wilson, I don't think was... he. I mean, it was something I talked about on the podcast probably about a year ago, is that like Zach Wilson, as much as we liked him and everything, and as great of a quarterback as he was, highest drafted quarterback... Um, of well no actually that's not true he wasn't the highest drafted quarterback but he was up there obviously um or no he was the highest sorry excuse me he was um he went number two so that was the highest drafted quarterback we've ever had but as as much as we appreciated that he never really seemed like a BYU guy and that was because he doesn't really fit that BYU mold whereas someone like Taysom Hill seems like a BYU guy like really kind of great representative of the church representative of his family, real family-oriented person, things like that. I don't know. Maybe that sounds cheesy, but that's at least how I see it. Zach Wilson never fit that mold. That wasn't a bad thing, but it was just kind of like you knew who he was, is that he didn't really care to be a part of that culture. He just wanted to play football, and he wanted to do well, and he wanted to excel 
in a good place, and that's why he flipped last second to BYU anyway. He did not grow up a BYU fan. We all know that. I'm sure he is now for what that's worth or whatever to some sort of capacity. But it's – I just – I don't know why – if there's BYU fans that are surprised by that, I they probably – they shouldn't have been. I, I think we kind of knew – how how he thought about things along those lines um you kind of hear plenty of rumors too whatever i don't really feel like repeating them but it just i he he never really was kind of looked at in the best light when it came to honor code things and whatnot anyway that's all i'm going to say there so don't be surprised by that but anyway that was big news specifically earlier this week and then the lastly i wanted to talk about a TV show coming out on, uh, I believe it's FX specifically, but it will be aired on Hulu, which is where I will definitely check it out. And I could maybe give a report on it. It's coming out actually tomorrow, Thursday, and it's Under the Banner of Heaven, which is a uh, a famous, somewhat famous book, at least in the in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints circles, because it is not necessarily tangentially tied to the church. It's actually pretty directly tied to the church. It's written by John Krakauer. And it's about the uh, murder that took place on Pioneer Day specifically. I don't think it has any significance with Pioneer Day. It just happened to happen on Pioneer Day um, with uh, these these two brothers that were part of kind of this fundamentalist cult offshoot of the church. They're, they're the Lafferty brothers. I think it's like Ron and, I don't know, Dave or something. I can't remember. But what they did was they had... Uh, murdered their other the third brother another Lafferty his wife and their small child which is an absolutely horrendous and terrible story and they did it because they were mad at his wife for having like reservations about joining their cult essentially and they were never really considered members of the church and they apparently had a hit list as well um and they were planning on um doing kind of like these blood atonement type things part of killing her was part of that where like it was like a ritual for them from what i understand anyway they were arrested before they were able to murder anybody else but it's a tv show about that investigation how it happened and the novel from what i understand under the banner of heaven by john krakauer is really kind of paints the church in an in i mean putting it lightly a questionable light ultimately it really talks about how kind of like this religion can be a little bit too hardcore and um if you watch the trailers for the episodes it shows like temple rituals and stuff it's a little bit unsettling i can't help myself i'm definitely gonna at least watch the first episode if it makes me feel too uncomfortable i won't proceed from there i will report back on that because i'm too curious i'm it's gonna be interesting andrew garfield is playing the main guy who's like, i think an fbi detective behind the case but anyway, Krakauer makes no bones about it. it. He goes after the church pretty directly in the book, so you would think the TV show doesn't really pull any punches there either. But we'll see. It'll be interesting. It's definitely going to put the church in an interesting light moving forward. And depending on how big it gets, we could be seeing a lot of more of this in the media. And that's going to be coming out on tomorrow, so Thursday. So we'll we'll see. Be on the lookout for that if you're at all interested. Other than that, I can't think of anything that comes to mind. Let's get going with the interview part of this segment. Devin is a long, old, long friend of my, or old, long friend, I don't know what that is, but uh, an old friend of mine from my BYU days. He was the roommate I've ever had, like the longest I've ever had. I think we lived together for four or five years. 
great guy, fun guy. We had a lot of adventures together. We get into a little bit of that. But I wanted to bring him on because we talked specifically about that video that I posted, the ridiculousness video. So if you're here for that, you're going to hear kind of the inner workings, the details behind the scenes of how that all unfolded. I hope you all enjoy. Have a good one. Much love to everyone. Have a good rest of your week, and I'll catch you. On the other side, I'll do kind of a summation of what one of my favorite episodes or scenes from The Chosen. Anyway, love you all. Joining me today is probably the person I've lived with the longest consistently. I think we made it five years, roughly. At least uh, two thirds of the grandma boy, grandma's boys are, are are with me today, myself included. We're mi- we're just missing John boy, Johnny, Johnny boy, Johnny Jay boy. Will. Two of you guys, two of grandma's boys, living in Texas now. Devin Sears joining us. Uh, from Austin, Texas. And this is a walk down memory lane. And this is why I wanted to bring Devin on because I wanted kind of his take, his perspective and what he remembers about the infamous ridiculousness video that he and I made without any intentions or thoughts that it would actually end up on the show ridiculousness. I don't even think I knew what that show was at the time uh, when we would have recorded this. I think I have heard about it by the time we were approached about it. But Devin, do you remember the kind of the the beginning stage of this like where this whole thing started so uh i actually was a little bit of a fan of ridiculousness just because i'd watched i think fantasy factory and um robin big i think was the other show so i knew the show rob deer deer deck is that you say it yeah deer deck that he was he was like the host of those shows or something so i don't even know much about that exactly yeah yeah but I mean, it, it was basically like ridiculousness is like a slightly more edgy version of America's funniest home videos, you know, where he goes on and he roasts whatever video is there. Um, and uh, I, I, by the way, I appreciate the the shout out and I'll take the accolade of being longest roommate. And uh, I'm going to also assume I'm the other accolade of the only other guest you've had on here that has been on an MTV show. I don't know if you keep a running list of there other is, guests. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely all right. You do get that award, and um, we'll just see if you ever get unseated. I don't know. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was I was thinking about reaching out to one of the Kardashians at some point, and I thought that would give you some competition. But we'll yeah. that's still pending. They haven't gotten back to me yet. They're elusive. Um, I actually but, want to clear something up real quick. Yeah, because you had pointed out, and that was I, I felt bad when you pointed it out because I was like, wait a second. When I had Sean Bingham on, who's a mutual friend of ours. Uh, I had mentioned how the trip to Hawaii that I had with him was like incredible. And it was like one of the most fun trips I've been on or whatever. And you were like, wait a second, what happened to the one that we went to for a wedding back in like, I would have been, I can't remember November roughly. Does that sound right? It I mean, it was like 20, 2017, 16 or 17. Yeah. 2018, maybe, maybe yeah. 2018. I can't remember, but that was now one thing that I did a disservice to you with was that your trip planning skills were the most efficient I'd ever seen. And I stand by that. They were efficient because you I were like, let's that. just get going and run. And it was amazing because I think we were only in Hawaii for four days yeah. and they weren't even four full days. I think we had three full days in there. And, and a wedding involved in there. A wedding was thrown in there at one point. Right. And we were like in that period, in that little period that we did 
or that we had. Um, we went skydiving. We went swimming with sea turtles. We went shark cave diving. I mean, it was just nonstop. And it was very impressive. And that was all thanks to you. And that trip was unbelievably fun. And yes, it does rival Sean Bingham's uh, <laughs> trip to Hawaii too, just in terms of efficiency, no question. I mean, it was, right, it right. was more efficient because Sean sleeps into like, on, on when he's in Hawaii, he sleeps like a Hawaiian, <clears throat> I think. No offense to Hawaiians, but it's like 11 a.m. and he's like starting to finally move. You, however, are like 6 a.m., let's go. <laughs> hey, any conversation I mentioned with Sean Bingham is a great conversation for me, but uh, also working against us, like day one, we went paddleboarding out to an island and you cut your foot on the, like the reef That's or the right. rock or something. Yeah. And so I think we pivoted some of our plans, but you didn't let that slow you down at all. And then uh, after skydiving, I got a little bit of motion sickness, which kind of laid <laughs> me out for like half a day. But even <laughs> in the face of adversity, we still got a lot done. I, I we did. really, really enjoyed that trip and shout out to Ashley because we were there for her wedding. So that I remember it like it was day one and I got like lifted up by a swell and just crashed down on a rock and like my heel was just like boom blood everywhere like it was one of those things where like every step I'd take I'd leave like blood below my footprint in the sand and that bled for a while but yeah we were fine we made it we made it happen and yeah I remember the motion sickness and this and cam getting sick in the shark cage and then like <laughs> it was amazing and then both you and cam were out after I, I got a little bit woozy after skydiving but I was I wasn't as bad as you guys fortunately but fun Man, time that, we, we don't have to spend any time on my my medical stuff but for whatever reason in my age I get motion sickness it's specifically with spinny rides and it's really annoying because I love roller coasters. I love the kind of thrill rides, but my body hates them, I guess. So it was after they opened the chute, we were going just in like spiraling down to the earth and it was super cool. But right after he did it, I was like, my stomach is going to hate that. And yeah. 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 It it happens to the best of us for sure. Anyway. So you had known about ridiculousness. You're more familiar than I was the concoction. What do you remember about it? So this is where my uh, memory gets a little bit hazy on this. Um, but I remember the video. I think it's one of two different videos that you and I made kind of as protests, if I remember correctly, to <laughs> yep. award talent show. It wasn't um, quite a, it wasn't a talent show specifically. It was that they wanted, they encouraged people to make the stupidest video. Right. Like, right. Make a dumb video. And we're like, <clears throat> 90% of the videos that people make that are trying to be funny are dumb. What like really, really dumb. The next, right. like the remaining 10, like of the 10%, like five of them are still pretty dumb. But anyway, yeah. I don't remember well, a second video by the way. So remind me about that. Well, I, I might be getting it mixed up, but I remember that we made a music video with uh, Danny Sanders and it was like our parody of the flight of the Concord's friend video. Oh and yeah. I, that, I was, uh, that, that was, I think that was a different, activity okay but that's out there too yeah that's out there too somewhere i thought that that was one that we did just for kicks and giggles as well but i, I couldn't remember that's possible i thought we I, should, I thought we threw that out in there like for a war talent show or something like that too yeah i, I just couldn't remember. remember what what activity or like what course would require <laughs> you to make like a parody music video yeah um yeah. but yeah we we decided to make a video um 
kind of in protest because uh, like you said, like regardless of what the theme is, the videos are not going to turn out super entertaining and, and high quality. So the fact that they kind of like leaned into that and said, Hey, intentionally we want you to make the worst video you possibly can. And uh, we we're like, well, that's silly. So we're just going to, I think we had a couple different ideas, some yep. of which were terrible. I remember um, one of mine. Well, I remember like, one we, of mine as well. <laughs> we were trying to be offensive. We're like, let's just tick them off. Because we had no intentions of attending this activity. And by the way, spoiler alert, we still didn't go because we we're like, there's no yeah. way. Yeah. But I remember one of mine. I remember where we were driving to. I think we were in your car and we were just coming around the corner by, in between the MTC driving back down to grandma's house. Uh, between the temple and the MTC for whatever reason this is how my memory operates I could be completely wrong and I remember being like dude I should just we should just like have you film me just picking my nose and wiping it somewhere just like on camera like just to yeah, be like yeah. just just to kind of tell them like this is what you get when you ask for people <laughs> to make stupid videos yeah, we were uh, embracing their theme, I guess, and, and obviously a uh, slightly contrarian um, viewpoint on it. But I remember that that was one of the ideas we had. The other idea that I had was to uh, videotape oatmeal in the microwave. And, you know, like as oatmeal bubbles, I, my idea was to put dubstep to the oatmeal kind of like bubbling up so that it, <laughs> I mean, terrible idea. Absolutely. I don't awesome. even remember that. I think, I think we shot it down really quickly and <laughs> I think we were right to do that. Um, I shot terrible. it down and then quickly forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the video that we landed on was slightly better than that. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. It's not like we were breaking any sort of screenwriting Definitely um, not. ground with this, but uh, the premise was essentially kind of like a, a I hear my roommate played by you um i could hear the camera going off in the bathroom and so it sounds weird saying it out loud but trust me when i say it was <laughs> less weird in person i, I don't know um my selfies I, were kind of becoming a more a bigger thing then too yeah, so yeah, like yeah. Kind of coming into that era yeah but uh i film myself saying, Hey, I think I hear my roommate taking pictures in the bathroom. And so I open the door to you taking selfies, sitting on the toilet. And that, that was the entire premise. That was it. That was Start it. to finish. As simple as that. But, um, I, what was amazing was that we really were wanting to sell it to come across as real. Obviously we knew submitting it. So the ward had a Facebook page and they're like, submit your videos to the Facebook yep. page. And we're like, Oh, I think they like wanted to vote on them or something. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> we wanted to make it like, we knew that by submitting that, especially since I was in the ward and I would know it would have like, they knew it was just going to be a fake video. Right. But, you know, we wanted to make it as organic looking as possible. So we had you do that explanation in front of the camera. And you said, but what was funny was that when Ridiculousness posted it, you got cut completely. Obviously, you're the one filming, but they didn't have your little intro monologue, which was my room. I think I hear my roommate taking pictures in there. And I know that sometimes he takes selfies on the toilet or something. Right. And I was like, I'm going full pants down. Like, I'm doing yep. it. I don't freaking care. Cause this is all going to be supposed to be shocking off for the ward. Cause we were just so ticked. We were taking out our anger on them. True method actor. Got to respect. <laughs> exactly. Really, really coming into something there. Yeah. And, but here's the part, what it was so impressive was that you edited the video. 
And do you remember the impressive part of that video that you edited or the, your editing prowess? Yeah, I, if I remember the part that you're talking about, um, we wanted it to uh, go for that shock and awe value. So uh, I think you said, what the heck are you doing? Or there, there is some, there is some. It was freak. Swear. Yeah, what the freak are you doing? Get the heck out of here. That's what yeah. it was. Hell, and, but I did say get the hell out of here. Okay. And that one you didn't edit, which was good, I think. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I was able to go in and just add the, the regular <laughs> TV bleep right perfectly in there. So it sounded like a, it was not that word, um, which I, I, I'm assuming most of your listening base is um, of the LDS faith. And so that's, you know, fairly. Yeah. So you're exonerating me here, which is what yeah. I love. I didn't I didn't want to lead you into that because. Everybody that watches that video, it makes it seem like I straight up say the F word because yeah. you edited it so well. You've yeah. got the F and you've got the K. Yeah, the beep is so beep. quick and you're not really looking at my mouth. So you can't really see that it's going E instead of right. uh. Right. But it really makes it seem like the F word, which I actually think, no joke, I think that really drives the video home. Like I think that's actually the part that makes it as funny as it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, me getting just caught with my pants down. Because like, here's the thing, I'll be honest, back to the method part, I sell it so well that people that see it don't actually believe that it's fake. They're like, yeah, I legit yeah. look like I got caught <laughs> on the toilet. <laughs> it's like, let's just gloss over the part where apparently I keep the door open too. Right, like, right. Like nobody locks the door while they're right. on the toilet. Like, nope, I am, I'm a door locker. Sorry, I don't know, spoiler <laughs> alert. So anyway. Did, so you, did that door have a lock? I almost want to say that might have been one of the quirks of Grand House. It did. House. Okay. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Okay. Um, even though the house was built in like the fifties, it uh, yeah, yeah. I think we were able to get locks on bathroom doors <laughs> by the eighties. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you edit the video and we put it onto YouTube because you have to anchor it somewhere. You have to host it. Yep. And from there, you post it on Facebook. And do you remember how long it lasted on the Facebook Ward group page? I want to say it didn't see the sunrise, but I could be wrong with that. Was it, is it, it was did it not see hours? the sunrise. It didn't see the sunrise. In fact, I don't night. even think it saw bedtime. <laughs> but I, I do remember specifically that um, other people had been posting their videos throughout the week. And like you mentioned, there was some contest or some award thing where people were supposed to like vote on it or I vote on it or, or like yeah. it or comment or something like that. And I do remember that in the short lifespan it had on the ward Facebook page, we, uh, we were the far, far and away winners of the likes. Like it had more likes than any other video that people had been posting, even though theirs had been up for longer than that. I think no joke. I think ours was on less than an hour. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I think it lasted about 45 minutes. Cause remember Devin Sorensen, D E V A N. Yeah. He was like kind of moderating it. And I think he even shot you a message and he's like, that's funny, but you know, I have to take it down, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I remember that message. And I remember that half of the message was like an apology. Like, I think it's hilarious. I think it's great. I love what you guys do. It's did. not me, dude. It's the system. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean, it, it's the exact result that we knew was going to happen. Yeah. We knew Neither it. Neither of us we... were surprised. Like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. We were just like, yeah, we got what we wanted. We got the shock yeah. and awe. I think we got, and we got the votes. It was hilarious. So yeah. then we just leave it on YouTube. Yep. Because we kind of forgot about it. I this mean, was this would have been back yeah. in like twenty, I don't know, twenty fourteen, roughly. 
Yeah, right around 2014, 2015. Yeah. Well, when did you move to Lubbock? I left in the fall of 2015. So it must have been before that, obviously. I think it was, yeah. So I want to say, and like, here's the thing. It's easier for me to remember timelines by girls I've dated. I'm not even kidding. I don't know if that's (laughs) normal or not, but I remember it was, I think it was, I don't want to say specific names, but it was before Maybe say the girl. Rhyme with. Say what their names rhyme with. Give them <laughs> anonymity like that. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Generally speaking, <laughs> <laughs> Gen- generally, that's that rhymes. It rhymes with generally, kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it was before her, and that would have been near the end of 2014. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That sounds and right. So, um, I, th- I want to say 2014, and then we forgot about it, and. Fast forward to, I was living in Texas and it must have been, and we could probably check email timestamps or something, but it would have been like, I don't know, 2017? It was 2017. I I went back and reviewed just because my memory is foggy sometimes. (laughs) And then tell us, do you remember what happened from there? Well, so you reached out to me and um, I think that... We hadn't been talking a ton, not not for any reason. I think it's just, you know, you were off doing your your graduate in uh, Lubbock. And so I was like, oh, this is cool to hear from Harper. And then I was like, wait, what is this? <laughs> and um, I, I don't know the initial contact that you got, but essentially someone from Ridiculousness reached out to you. I th- it must have been because it was on your YouTube channel. It was my account, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they reached out to you and said, hey, we I, I source videos for the show. We'd like to use this. Can can we talk licensing? And I think, I think there's something you brought about... up licensing, I think, okay. or maybe, or I can't remember that, but yeah, I forwarded you the email and I was like, are we getting pranked? Right, right, right. Like, is, is it someone fishing? Like, is this, I don't know, someone about to hack our accounts or something they're going to yeah. ask. I mean, cause honestly at that time and for that video specifically, it's about as far fetched as someone from, I don't know, Nigeria saying, Hey, uh, I am a Nigerian prince and I need you to send some money so that I can get home or whatever. So it seemed about on par with that, honestly. Exactly. And there was zero promo on our end. All we did was put on the word Facebook page and then forgot about it. And so I actually went to the video, I think, and it had a few thousand views, which obviously is not a ton, but I've kind of figured like, you know, the fact that it has a few thousand with us not doing anything with it. Right. I guess there's a, a very, very, very mini circulation going on there. And I guess that that's what this kid does. That's his job. He tries to just find obscure videos on the web that are pretty funny. And so he reaches out to us. And what was funny is that I remember at one point in the correspondence, he takes note of the fact that the guy on the toilet, he didn't think it was me. He thought, he thought he was talking to the guy that shot the video and then posted it on YouTube. Right. And then he's like, I was like, well, I'll have to ask Devin because I I like Devin's like highly involved in all this. And he's just as much of a owner in this video as I am. And he's like, oh, my gosh, he's he's like willing to like like he's like, that's so cool that you got like he thought it was cool that the person on the toilet who he didn't know was me at the time was like (laughs) in on it and everything because he thought it was completely accidental. And so I was like, okay, maybe we should not make it no not make it known to him that it was all planned. Right. And that was, was just as you had pointed out, method acting at its finest. Boom, acting. <laughs> Maybe you didn't say finest, but I'm going to add that point in there. Um, <laughs> uh, and so 
it was funny because we had talked about it and then you had stepped in and you're like, well, let's like you had told me, you're like, I'm going to try and get money out of him. And I was like, dude, if you can, cool. I don't care. But I, I don't yeah. I wouldn't know. And if I remember right, you were like, well, is there like we could sell it to you? And he's like, yeah, I can look into that. Like, we'll own it. Like, you won't be able to license it out from there and get anything. that If you get more views on this video, like you will not own the video at that point. So you're taking right, that risk right. and we're like, pull our arm. Fine. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I remember we had that phone call where it was like, should we try to sell it? Because I, I I was like, it would just be cool to be on the show at that point. Yeah. Um, but whatever, let's try to get a, a couple bucks out of it. And so I think I asked him, I was like, can you tell me about what kind of compensation packages you're offering for licensing of this? And he's like, oh, well, you normally we don't do like a compensation, but I guess we can pass that along. And then he went over the things that you just mentioned that that waves our right to the video. And that would basically be us selling the video in its entirety to them. And I remember you and I talking like, I mean, is there any reason why we shouldn't do this? Like, is there a <laughs> chance that someone is going to offer us more money for this? Like, yeah. and, and I think both of us were kind of in the mindset, like I not necessarily forgot that the video existed, but we kind of forgot that it was up and that people were viewing it, I suppose. I don't know. Unless I end up as mission president somewhere, <laughs> I think we're okay. I think so. Can you imagine though, so. by the way, like we might be stepping into an era where like people can dig up like crazy videos of like now mission presidents or general authorities that are like, oh my gosh, he and his friends were quite the pranksters. That's literally our mission president with yeah. his pants down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would be a hilarious conclusion in my mind. If for some whatever reason, like you had to reach back out and be like, look, I know uh, we we sold this to you, but I really need to buy it back. <laughs> I need to buy this back so that like this money, this video has generated, you know, been the cause of X amount of money throughout time. Don't ask any questions, but I'll give you $20,000 for that video back right now. Right now. Right now. <laughs> say yes. Like Dwight Schrute in the office. Say yes. Now. Three, two, one, two, three. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. But That'd it was a journey, funny. man. You remember how much money we got out of it? I do, you, got, I, you, I, you get all the credit. You got I it. remember uh, I felt like uh, I was pretty much ready to go on Shark Tank uh, after this because I negotiated a higher price. I you think did. it came in at 100 or something like that, which both of us would have been thrilled to get <laughs> yeah. uh, for that video in particular. Um, but I think we talked him up to $300. Yeah, you, you did. This is all you. You're like, I think I can get more. <laughs> and I was like, I don't care. <laughs> and you, I remember you gave me the check. We got a $300 check. 150 yep. each to the both yep. of us. We've got a picture of us holding. Uh, I kind of wish they would have sent a giant check, but I guess they don't <laughs> do that for denominations under. They would have had to mark mark down the price like I think 70 bucks at that point. <laughs> yeah, not worth it. <laughs> the cost not of a big it. check these days, man. You never know. Yeah, but, but um, I remember we got $300 for it. They sent us a check and um, I, I went back and I reviewed the emails for this. I asked them what... Uh, which episode was going to be on because honestly there's a part of me that's like man i really like rob dyrdek like i don't know if my fragile ego can take him just roasting us but you know what <laughs> 300 bucks is 300 bucks and i was like i don't know what he's gonna say about this video well, if you're like if he's is he gonna roast us or is he gonna roast the dude on the toilet well i i completely hear where you're coming from but from my side like your reaction was pretty normal for someone using the restroom and having someone open the door, filming them as they're using the restroom. Like, I think your action, your reaction is like fairly warranted. Oh, good point. He's going to come after you and be like, who's yeah, this like, guy? Filming? Who's this guy that just like goes kicking down doors, filming? Like what? What, you know? what a predator. 
Exactly. Exactly. Now I can't be mission president. What am I supposed to do? You know, <laughs> good point. Good point. Um, but, uh, if I remember correctly in the episode that aired and it's the DJ Khaled episode, if anyone's out there, just, Oh, I'll show the clip when I promote this episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. Uh, I think it made it like three seconds in the intro. Maybe was yeah. it that long? Uh, in the intro, what do you mean? Like, like he didn't actually review it in the show. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, they like, well, so I don't know the show format that well, but I guess they talk about the videos, but they don't, I guess there's a little like period where they'll just show a bunch of stupid videos one after the other. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, they, they didn't review it. It just shows him covering his, his, his little baby boy's eyes after it shows oh. our video. Cause I'm okay, on the toilet. Okay. And so he's like covering the eyes of his baby. I might've missed that part, but yeah, I, I just remember that, uh, I guess intro, maybe it's just kind of like the part of the show, but, but it's near the end though. They'll show. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's but not the intro. They just show like the rapid clips. Maybe it's or like maybe the they intro. show something in the intro. That's possible. I only, I yeah. know for sure it's near the, it's closer to the end when they actually are showing like bang, 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 a bunch of videos like right in a row. Like I remember right. ours since I've watched it, like since I've gone to that part so often, I watch the, the the one right before is this couple on a moped and they hit the back of a car because they're not looking. And yeah. then it, they review that one, they replay that one, and then they show our little quick four or five second snippet. Okay. And then and then it goes to Khaled with his baby, and then it cuts to another kid like on a cruise ship filming himself running, and he hits his head on a, some sort of beam. Got so it, it just kind of tucks us in there, like right yeah, near yeah, the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we did get our, our time on the stage. We got some spotlight, but uh, we didn't get roasted, which I guess is good. I don't know. Maybe maybe it'd be kind yeah. of fun to be roasted. That's a claim yeah. to fame, be roasted yeah. by Rob Deerdick. For sure. Um, I mean, they say we get 15 seconds of fame, so I think we've got 10 seconds left. Uh, no, I, I've already used mine. Oh, well, do tell. My claim to fame, I was... Uh, the first baby born in like the county or something like that. So I, this is like kind of a depressing fact about my life, but I peaked at literally day one. That's <laughs> hour one. It's I know, like. I know when I peaked in life and it was literally the first hour of my life because I was on TV. There was newspaper articles written about me. And uh, I think my mom won like a hundred free diapers or something. And so that was like my claim to fame. And that's when I peaked and life has just kind of sadly been downhill since then. Although I'm going to give, it went uphill a little bit again, as I got back on TV, just, yeah. you know, I've yeah. forever Ridiculous been chasing that kind of help revive that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I've got two entries on my IMDB article now. Or not. Atta, profile. Yeah. Profile. boy. Hey, good yeah. for you, man. <laughs> I did. I remember you were actually the first baby born yeah. in, uh, in that area. Um, yeah. Your mom definitely owes you a hundred diapers though, because I bet you know. she let me use them. Yeah, well, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, brother. Well, with that, was there anything else you wanted to throw out there about that memory? Man, a lot of memories uh at that house. But um I think that was that was one of the, the top ones. I I was kind of going down memory road in, in preparation for this, so um we don't have to talk about it much, but I was remembering some of the traditions that we had and I'm not a big fan. I, this is nothing to do with um, ridiculousness. So we can, no, please let's hear it. We can, we can forego it if you'd like, but um, you are involved with all top three 
of my favorite Halloween memories. And I would actually love to hear you rank these three Halloween memories. Cause I'm curious if, if, if you've had some since that have bested them. And if you think like, I'm, I'm curious what your one, two, three of these are, um, we'll go reverse order. Uh, number three is probably the best group costume that I've ever been a part of. Oh, that was and, a good one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know it already. Know exactly. this, yeah. this was like 2014, maybe 2015. I think it was earlier than that. I want to say it like could have been 2012, even 2013. Actually, yeah. Johnny and Janae were dating at that point. So maybe, maybe it was later. Yeah. And they just yeah. had kid number two. Shout out to Johnny and Janae. That's right. By the way, like uh, prayers for them, because I mean, it yeah. seems like everything is steady and good, but that second boy was really, really premature, but looks like they're coming out of that good. So shout outs, yeah. shout outs to the Willinghams. Yeah. So uh, you played an excellent Ron Swanson, had the red <laughs> shirt and everything. And and by the way, uh, the, the group was the Parks and Recs cast. Yeah. So you were Ron Swanson. John um, Ralphio, I'm, I who was I'm with John right Ralphio. now. Yep, that yep. was amazing. <laughs> and jo Johnny was Tom Haverford, and he had Tom the brown Haverford. skin to go with it. And it was yep. like, and we, I remember from day one, I was like, Johnny, you are Tom Haverford. Oh yeah, like yeah. Th that is your personality, and yep. so it uh, was perfect. He had Janae B. Ann Perkins, yep. who, which was perfect too, because they were dating. Yep. Um, and then I think we had Mimi as Leslie Nope. Yeah, who was with uh, her like, blonde hair. Perfect. Uh, honestly, I think we were pretty close, both in in uh, appearance and I'm going to say slightly in characteristic to to all of the different <laughs> roles that we dressed as. There's uh, there might be something to that because I the way I see it is fish is practically a vegetable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I was watching a TV show just the other day, and I did a Ron Swanson quote because someone had a terrible haircut. Ron, one of the great Ron Swanson quotes. Are the scissors broken in your house, son? <laughs> yeah. Classic Ron Swanson. Yeah, classic Ron Swanson. <clears throat> um, Halloween memory two, and I know it's not Halloween season, but whatever. Got to hear it. Halloween season number or uh, Halloween memory number two. Your friend in Park City was or not in Park City. Your friend in Sundance was having some. Uh. Yep. some people over and um we didn't have any plans that year and i think he invited you to the party and you weren't super interested in just going or whatever Well, because i didn't have a date i was a loser and i was just like it was a group date thing and i was like yeah i'm, I'm out i don't really feel like finding a date for this but what we it's ended funny up doing... how little my life has changed since then <laughs> <laughs> as i said uh johnny's had two kids uh we've had two dates you know probably yeah, since then, yeah roughly so yeah we're, we're, we're right on par we're crushing it yeah, yeah we're crushing it um but uh your friend gave you the keys to his cabin in sundance and we went in and we prepped the house beforehand and then when everyone showed up for the date we tried to like scare everyone on the date out in the woods and i remember that your buddy uh told some of his friends so they were in on it and he also mentioned that they were having issues with homeless people breaking into some of the cabins to kind of set the scene yep and then uh I we think went up beforehand and i left sorry am i cutting you off no no no. go for it go for it i left like you know the fuzzy tv like where it's just like the black and white ants fighting each other or whatever yeah yep. the blaring static there's a tv there was a tv on the top floor 
and the way their cabin was was it had like a, their top floor just had a bunch of the rooms that faced out to like the big opening area. Yeah. And we went in and turned the TV on and put it on full blast. And they were gone. So when they got there, they got there to the to the TV being on. And they're just like, well, that's a little eerie. And then yeah. what we did was we left the window open on the top floor. And I crawled in the window yep. while they were all in that front room. And I turned the TV on again. again. And let me just tell you, nobody talks about this part when it comes to like being the scarer. That is creepy, man. When I was oh, yeah. going into that cabin alone, into that into that room, turning yeah. the TV on and having to sit there for like a couple minutes before like someone got the courage or whatever to come turn off the TV and to see what was going on, I was creeped out. I was like, if anyone's getting murdered, it's me. <laughs> well, and and this was not that long after the ring made like its big splash, and I feel like the the TV static was like a prevalent part of the ring, right? Because doesn't yeah. she come out of yeah? Spoilers for anyone that hasn't seen the ring, she like comes out of <laughs> crawls out of that TV. TV static. Oh, believe yeah. me, my eyes were just like waiting for that to happen, just waiting. Yeah, yeah. and then I remember um, we got like a, a one of those like faceless masks. I think it's from the Stranger Jabberwockies. Oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. From the Jabberwocky Dance Crew mask. But yeah, they, yeah, the strangers use like that same mask in that movie, the horror movie. Yeah. But um, I think we did a decent job of scaring them. I mean, we kind of came up with this in, with like an hour or two notice, I think. Yeah. So we didn't put a ton into it. But I still remember it was tons of fun. We had a couple people hiding out in the woods. We got you in there to turn on the TV again. And so I think at one point, some of the people even like came out and started like looking in the woods because they thought people were messing with them. Yeah. Um, and I remember wearing that mask and kind of coming up to the window and, and they were kind of creeped out by that as well. Yeah. So that was memory number two. Mm-hmm. Memory number three. You mean one? Number one. Sorry, going the wrong yeah. direction. Uh, memory number one for me um, is going to be at the end of our longstanding tradition of watching a scary movie every night in October leading up to Halloween and then on Halloween night, I think this was actually the 30th, not the 31st, we found in Provo the abandoned um, mental, it was, it was like an abandoned prison, essentially, but it was, it was also a juvenile like, a, like detention center from and it was like mental, like mentally uh, handicapped or something. I mean, not handicapped, but you know, like it was it was like a mental institution or from I think. Uh, yeah, I think I think it was. I'm I'm gonna say it was um, uh, a prison for the criminally insane. I'm gonna say that because that yeah, that sounds pretty better. good. Yeah, <laughs> but I feel like it was for juveniles, but maybe not. I think so, but I thought that we found an article somewhere that they had done lethal injection, like they they had they had done that in there, which, which would make, make sense, sense because there was a room we stumbled upon where it was definitely like it was like a bed that right. was a part of the construction, like it was it was not a bed that could just be like wheeled in and out like it was a basic right. part of like it was built into the building and you're kind right. of like this looks funky like it was a little bit eerie yeah and that room in particular was creepy because the entire facility um had been like raided like there was wires hanging out of the ceiling I, i'm assuming people like looking for copper or wires or i don't i don't know yeah i don't know i mean it it was it was fairly creepy going around at night like checking out uh, an abandoned prison and we just barely barely missed uh spending the rest of the night in a not abandoned prison in our own little institution um <laughs> yeah. I, I actually i was i was gonna i was wondering if you're gonna bring that up because that part yeah. was crazy like we went around exploring for a while like we were there for 
an hour and a half, maybe something like that. Being kind of stupid with the way we were shining our flashlights. But that was creepy, man. And there was a downstairs that we were kind of meandering through there. We found jail cell cells that we could still slide closed if we wanted to. I don't think we even tested that, but yeah. Um, I mean, we knew we could slide them. We just didn't close yeah. it. And I don't, cause we we're too scared of closing somebody in, but, um, <laughs> and then when we got out of there, I mean, that thing had been abandoned for, I don't know, probably like 30 years. Yeah. Total mess, graffiti everywhere, but creepy, creepy, creepy. Um, we, parked in the church parking lot that was just like it this isn't like either south provo or springville it's like right on the border yeah yeah right on the border and we get to the car and as we're pulling out of that street right in front of the church that we were parked at a cop just turned onto our road and then went down into where kind of like you would walk to to break through the fence to get to the building we had evaded it by minutes it was crazy Yep. yep yep Yeah, I I remember that, uh, and I remember there were like bullet holes around the the prison. So, uh, and I remember there was like red stuff splattered on the wall, which I don't. I'm sure it was just like red paint. I'm sure there's other people that were trying to make it seem creepier, but it worked. It worked. It definitely <laughs> worked, man. Totally remember that. Our, our friend that was with us tried to play a prank on us, Jordan. Yeah. Uh, like he kicked something down like this big chute, and like it was just like made this big crash and. Yep. And we all just started running. And then they were like, wait a second, what if he's actually hurt? <laughs> so we're like, maybe we should go back. I remember that. I remember that. And one of the girls was like, I got to get out. I got to get out. I got to get out. And we we're like, well, what if Jordan's hurt? And so like, okay, let's get the girls out. And then we'll call Jordan. And if he can tell us where he is in the prison, we'll come back and get him. But if he can't, tough luck. <laughs> we'll tell your story. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll come back for you. <laughs> tell them we pushed you. <laughs> oh man i i don't have any problems with those rankings i think those rankings are fantastic uh we had some fun freaking times dude i will say i don't know if we did it for halloween but i would put the mine the dream mine in spanish for goes up there and this is a big shout out to our buddy jordan calder who was an honorary grandma's boy he just came a little bit later he took johnny's spot but um he was the one that showed us all these things and the dream mine that's that's a podcast for another time that was really that was a fun time that was creepy it's an abandoned mine that was created by some bishop apparently that had a vision that there was silver in the in the hills in their yeah. ward and so they like put a ton of resources in it turns out it was completely bogus no no silver was ever found but it's like back behind like a bunch of private property so you have to meander yeah. through like private homes not homes but you know like yards right, right. and then kind of go up this hill and that was an gnarly story that was fun that dream mine was creepy as well but yeah we had some fun times for sure man we did. We did indeed. Well, what a walk down memory lane, Devin. Thanks for coming on. Really, really appreciate yeah, having you. And uh, I would imagine this was a pretty entertaining episode for the listeners. And all thanks to you, friendo. Hey, happy to help. Happy to help however I can. All right, Dev, you have a good one, man. Appreciate it. All right, you too. Okay, so wrapping it up here. Before we close out real quick, I did want to share one thing that had struck me. I actually shared this. I teach uh, elders quorum for uh, in my ward, and I wanted to share this because I, I this stood out to me in a way that I was really affected by it. I, I was watching the chosen. It's 
I can't remember which episode it is, which I know I probably should have come better prepared before that. But if you're familiar with it, it won't take you long to know which one I'm talking about. It's it's the context that they give in the chosen. That's one. That's one of the best parts about the chosen is that they really provide a lot of context and they they show the apostles and I mean before they're apostles when they're kind of before they're like even disciples. I guess I don't know when the transition happens between being a disciple and an apostle for the record, but before that, before they even are introduced to Christ, that shows these men with real world problems, right, for their time, you know, talks about how like Peter is really struggling with, you know, paying off his debts and he has to like collect a bunch of fish and that's when Christ comes and tells him like, like cast your, cast your net, you know, and you'll get a lot of fish this way, whatever, blah, 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 um, I'll make, come and follow me, I'll make you fishers of men, all that stuff. And it's really cool because it shows like they're really imperfect people. Like they definitely struggle a lot with that, with the real world stuff. I love their depiction of Christ. But the interesting one to me is how they show Matthew as the publican, the tax collector, who's basically, he's a Jew, but he's kind of an enemy of a lot of his Jewish compadres, so to speak, his paisanos. And they kind of despise him because he essentially works for the Romans to make sure that his people are paying their taxes. So he's like kind of doing the bookkeeping there. He's pretty meticulous with all that. And at the same time, he's also in the good graces with the Romans, who the Jews consider the enemy. So Matthew's kind of having this like moment where he's like, he, he the Romans tell him to like kind of check out this, this Christ guy to see like what he's all about. And as he's telling them, he starts to witness kind of these amazing things. And he's having a hard time kind of rationalizing this. He also has an interesting relationship with his parents because they're like, you know, we raised a tax collector and nobody really likes tax collectors, all that stuff. But he's he's having a hard time kind of processing this on his own and internalizing a lot of this. And you can tell he's having that internal battle. Well, I don't know. It's about halfway through season one when it might be more, even more towards the end. But um, Matthew's working in kind of his little office that they have set up. And he's got his windows that are, you know, has the bars over them. So he's kind of protected from the public. And he catches Christ's eye, who's walking by with some of his disciples at the time. And he kind of stops for a second. You can tell he like sees him and he like keeps looking at him. And Christ stops and he looks at him and he says, he says, Matthew, son of Caiaphas, I think, follow me. And Matthew looks at him and he like kind of double takes and he's like, me? And Christ, without hesitation, says, absolutely you. And in that moment, what I loved about it is that Matthew's having this internal moment where he's just like, am I really even worthy to follow this guy? Because clearly there's something special about him. But it doesn't take him long. Just a few seconds where he just grabs what he thinks he needs, leaves his office, locks the door, and the Roman soldier tries to stop him that's working with him. He's like, do you understand how protected you are? Do you understand what you're giving up right now? And he says, yes, absolutely. And he gives him the key and he, and he follows Christ. And it's such a beautiful moment because what had dawned on me in that time is something that I actually shared on Easter. And I had written it down and I, and I want to share it on this podcast because it, it dawned on me that when Christ said, follow me, when he says it to all of us, right? We're all Matthew in this instance. He's also saying to reject our own notion that we may feel like we're not capable of being worthy followers and receivers of his blessings. He's telling us to reject not just our worldly possessions, right? We see those stories all the time. 
but also our worldly thoughts of our unworthiness. As long as we're truly repenting, by the way, that's the caveat. He'll make us whole. He'll give us the ability to accept what we can truly become and to forgive ourselves of our wrongs. Because I think sometimes we hesitate a little bit. I don't mean to come across as preachy. I know I do. And that's why I was able to kind of like look at it this way. I was reflecting on this where it's a lot of my hesitation comes under the fact that I don't even find myself worthy to be a follower of Christ internally. And I know that's not what he wants from us. And his point is, I know you're unworthy, but the, but you got to repent and follow me. And while you're following me, keep repenting. Because it's not that the moment we choose to follow him, we're saying, all right, we'll never sin again. But then once we do, it's like, oh, well, you can't follow him anymore. He's saying, no, follow me the whole time. Repent the whole time. You will have missteps. You may take a step back, but then take two steps forward. Two steps forward. Anyway, I wanted to share that because it was such a beautiful moment. I'm a big fan of The Chosen. I've been watching it pretty slowly. I'm still in season two. I think I've got like maybe three or four more episodes to go before I finish season two because I like kind of just watching one episode at a time, like on a weekly basis. And it's beautiful. I encourage everybody else to check it out. Uh, and I just wanted to share that. Anyway, hope you all enjoyed this episode. Um, you know, if you liked it, maybe share it subscribe you know it's nice you'll get this podcast appearing wednesday morning super early it'll just be on your device on whatever podcast outlet you use spotify apple podcasts whatever should be available if not let me know and i can reach out and make sure it's available on that medium as well uh leave a review if you want i love those i actually got some negative reviews because i've gotten the wrong hands i guess and people didn't like what i had to say but anyway if you like what i had to say please try and counter that Share it with your friends, whatever. Just trying to spread the good word. The gospel is true. I love the gospel. I love my Savior. And that's why I do this. So I'm just hoping to spread the good word where I can. Love you all. Have a good rest of your week. We'll catch you next week. There's an hourglass sitting on my table I'm watching As everything's changing my mind Going to a different time Old love, I remember falling so madly There must have been magic in the valley And a rhythm in the night Cause I could almost see it Did you fade right out of you? If it takes time, I, I If it takes time, I